Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. Broadcasting from the bottom of the YMCA's indoor pool, take it away, MarkBot 5000. Thank you for that warm welcome, Eric. And may I say that your balls are the size of grapefruits and Ryan is gonna be spitting out the seeds. This is the robotic jackhammer, MarkBot 5000, and if Ryan isn't careful, he's gonna kiss my shiny metal ass in this very ring. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, introduced one match per show to stinky little sidekick who has never watched wrestling. The talk about the backstory, the watch a match, and then the rank that match on their ever-growing list. And Ryan, you've got no chance of winning your prediction on this match. No chance in hell. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And let's bring out the star of the show. A guy who's a perpetual victim. He likes to claim that everyone is out to get him. Well, I'm here to tell you, Vince McMahon didn't screw Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy screwed Ryan Murphy. And Ryan, you're fired. <laughs> did you did you uh, write this like on your way back from Hawaii? Like to, like today? Like when did I? What, what no? I mean, it Mark- just seemed very brutal. Like it was like quickly. Let me throw, you know. Let me let me make it be slided towards you know your co-host. Uh I don't. I'm know a little what- upset. Did I do something? Did I. Why are you look at the Imagineering team is in charge of programming all of Markbot's uh, phrases and and speech. What, was it was the upset that I asked for someone new? I don't know. It's ent- it's entirely possible. Oh, that's right, because you wanted like Mister Feeny or some shit, didn't you? But I, maybe is yeah. So I someone I I did I did inquire with Crispin Hickenbottom about what mm-hmm. our options were. Yeah. I did find uh, apparently there is a was it who who's the best friend? Is it Sean in Boy Meets World? It is, but so I did find a Sean. Yeah, the quality was awful. That's not a good one though. Like <laughs> you have to go like. Either like Mr. Feeney or maybe like Alan Matthews, like a great dad figure, you know, like. Unfortunately, yeah, I looked for both of those and they, yeah. they just flat out didn't okay. have either one. But uh, okay. yeah, I'm glad you go. Sean, you should just, just stick to Mark by 5000. Like that's I, all you got. I will do. I will do that. I will. I yeah. will make sure that uh, that we stick with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he fired you. Um, yeah, I was fired screwed. too. Was I demoted from uh Executive Vice President of Soul Skating from Senior Executive Vice President. Was I? I don't think you'd been promoted up that high yet. I hadn't been Senior. Okay, I wasn't sure right. if I got docked. Also, we switched sports from uh, Soul Skating to Soul Skiing, and so did you. Did you switch that? I did. Yeah, I didn't notice. Well, you know, Soul Skiing. Yeah. That sounds like a very like sky thing to do, not an urchin thing to do, you know. Well, I, I mean, we're just that. going by Tinderbox. I'm an, I'm an urchin. All right, I, I put that on my. I'm an urchin. Like. You're you're a chameleon, is what you are. You're a, you're a social comedian, chameleon. You have no no backbone of your own. You'll just adapt to whatever form you think is going to be <laughs> that, most. Yeah, that's that's also true. Like. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is also true. Like. <laughs> the soul skier. but uh, for today's wrestling discussion that we're going to be having here. Ryan, let's just get right into it. So one of the stories for our 70th match, by the way, this is match 70 that we have ever ever watched on the program. Pretty monumental stuff. But one of the stories that we've been following over the past several months has been the chronicling of the war between WCW and the NWO, the New World Order. So we've seen cage matches, We've seen three-team battle royals featuring Dennis Rodman. We've even seen matches where pinfalls count anywhere in the building, but it has all been leading to this. 
So as we saw all the way back in episode 44, Hulk Hogan revealed himself as the leader of the NWO in July of 1996. And this shocking event led to a boom period in wrestling. The Hulkster, now rechristened to Hollywood Hogan, began to bolster the ranks of the NWO over the next year with weekly intrigue surrounding who the next man to defect from WCW was going to be. Now, over this time, the membership of the NWO swelled to being around 15 members, which, with the focus of that group being simple, protect Hollywood Hogan and his championship. I'm going to take a swig of beer here. Halloween beer, by the way. Is it? Happy Pumpkin Halloween. Spice? Everybody. Hit, hit them with your best uh, Dracula. I don't do that. Uh, you don't do a, a Bella Lugosi Dracula? Is that like a Rob Zombie? Like, uh, <laughs> no. You know? I mean, if, if I if I did it, would you replicate it? Would you mimic it? No, no, I don't do that on this podcast. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I can't. I there's a lot of things I've done to embarrass myself on this podcast. That's not going to be like one of them. Uh, maybe maybe next tequila. Leave with my yeah, don't I <laughs> tequila party next time. So anyway, we've got the NWO. They're protecting Hulk Hogan and his championship. Fast forward to December of 1997, and the NWO was largely successful in their mission, with Hogan having held the title continuously for well over a year, save for a brief five-day blip. Uh, There seemed to be nobody capable of simultaneously defeating Hogan while also managing to fend off the numbers game of the NWO. In fact, the NWO at times seemed to not even care about winning matches, as the only way that a champion could lose their title was to be defeated by pinfall or by submission. And so the NWO was content to show up in full view of the referee, take their opponents out with the full strength of their group, knowing that while Hogan may lose the match, the championship would stay in his hands. But one of the key figures in all this, in the eyes of fans, the only hope of, def- of WCW defeating Hogan and the NWO was the cornerstone of WCW, Sting. Now, the Stinger had long since done away with his colorful outfits and his bleached blonde hair, and he took to the rafters of the various arenas that WCW would tour between. Clad in black, silent, watching the war between WCW and the NWO from afar. Now, back in episode 48, we saw the catalyst for this change in Sting, as the rest of his team had fallen for an NWO trick, and they had thought that Sting had turned his back on WCW. After a decade with the company, and after being the only man to have never left for the seemingly greener pastures of the WWF, Sting had worked too hard to be doubted by the other members of the WCW locker room, and he declared himself a free agent, claiming that he was no longer affiliated with WCW or the NWO, but he would be watching and he would be waiting. The only thing for sure about Sting was that nothing was for Mm. sure. And when he spoke these words in September of 1996, these would be the last, or this would be the last time that fans would hear Sting speak. He didn't talk. He didn't wrestle. He would show up every now and then, fuck dudes up, and leave. And this was the formula for Sting's most popular phase of his career. And probably my favorite example of this formula and something that Ryan, you've likely seen TikTok memes featuring footage from this happened in October of 1997 on Monday Nitro in a situation where favorite of the show, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Diamond Dallas Page were on the bad end of an NWO beatdown. So let's see how that all developed. Here comes the NWO. So, again, I counted the number of members of the NWO. They were at 15 guys. I don't know that all 15 show up for this, but... And this is horrible. Now, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. We need help. We don't need it after they leave either. We need help right now. The NWO completely... Look at Hogan over there in the right hand. Hold on. Sting... (laughs) Wait a minute. If that's Sting, who's that? Whoever that was, that was not Sting because... (laughs) It's a 
another sting. Then there's sting. There's another sting coming from the There's another sting. <laughs> Wasn't that the sting that was coming down? No, there's no, there's just stings are coming from everywhere. Will the real sting please stand up? <laughs> that was a nice touch. Literally. Here's another one. It's a sting fest. I mean, they're everywhere. Stings are us. It's a sting army. Jesus, what is? It's an army being held off. And there's. I mean, there's got to be like what eight or nine stings so far. We've lost count. Here comes someone else through the entranceway, and he is leveled by the NWO. Whatever. And here comes another one. (laughs) So trying to yank his wig off. Yeah, nice. And here comes three more. Oh, that must be the real sting. <laughs> I believe we have found the real sting. stinger. <laughs> so if you've ever seen the meme of him just taking the mask off and his face is no. painted identically, it's it's that. That's the reason for it. Thoughts on what we what we just saw there with Sting. This all about like. <laughs> wrestling is all about right there love it have you seen that meme that i referenced where no like, i'm trying to think if i like is do they do like playoffs of it like usually like, what i see i see it a lot around new year's where somebody would be like oh here's me after i made my new year's resolutions and it's sting just pulling oh, the mask off okay. and it's just <laughs> sting face paint underneath oh that's good to know you know the original source yeah I, i've had that sent to me by people who are by no means wrestling fans at all, but yes, that's, <laughs> that is. I'll try to find one during New Year's this year. And send please, it to you. thank you, yeah. thank please, please do that. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's just kind of the the things that would happen. The NWO would beat the shit out of people. Sometimes Sting would show up. Other times he wouldn't. But like you could hear the reaction when the real Sting unmasked and like the whole ring clears out. Everybody's freaking out. It's fucking Sting. And so I wanted to pause the discussion about the storyline itself. And just take a brief moment here to talk about how brilliant it was of WCW to use Sting this way. No wrestling company before or since has ever done anything like what they what WCW did with Sting. So Sting, who was not injured, he was intentionally kept as a special attraction. Seemingly every week, the fans would cheer, we want Sting, but they didn't get him every week. So whether you choose to look at that whole situation as supply and demand, absence makes the heart grow fonder, or how can I miss you if you won't go away, Sting was the hottest property in wrestling at the time, and it was all thanks to this presentation. So if you were a teenage boy watching wrestling in the late 90s, you probably wanted to either be Steve Austin or Sting. Mm just to kind of put it into uh, perspective. So after a year of teases, of hints, of repelling from the roof and invading from the stands, WCW commissioner J.J. Dillon brought Sting out and asked him point blank what he wanted. Sting simply gestured to the fans with his signature black baseball bat and they erupted into chants of Hogan. And the match was made for Starcade 1997 in Washington, D.C. The biggest match on the biggest show in WCW history. Hollywood Hogan defending the WCW championship against the man who had not wrestled in 15 months, Sting. And so that is going to be the match that we watch here today, Ryan. Do you have any questions? No, no, I don't. Um, I do think I'm going to pick this match correctly. <laughs> Go with the well, the Mark, data this time. So. Markbot channeling Vince McMahon uh, says otherwise. But before we actually sit down and watch this one thing, there is a last bit of information we should probably cover. Now, I'm assuming that you recall our match from last episode, the Montreal screw job, where Bret Hart was duped into losing the WWF championship. I'm seeing nodding from Ryan. Yes, I do. He does remember. Good. Now, if you recall that match, the whole reason for that entire fucking shit show that took place was due to Brett's forced departure, his contractual obligation to basically leave the WWF and join WCW. And wouldn't you know it, it's as if we planned this whole thing or something. But Starcade 97 is actually Bret Hart's first pay-per-view as a member of WCW. Now, earlier in the night, in this same show that we're going to be watching featuring Hulk Hogan versus Sting, Bret Hart 
who had been teased to be the newest member of the NWO, he had actually been a guest referee in one of the earlier matches. And during that match, it was actually revealed that he was part of the WCW, after all, not a part of the NWO, to the delight of the fans. Which, in retrospect... Kind of a weird way to debut the most publicized talent acquisition in your company's history as a special guest referee. But hey, we'll see if referee Bret Hart factors into our match today at all. And so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We don't know. We'll see. But uh, that's that's the thing. That's that's the uh, the match that we're going to be watching. Uh, as far as a couple last morsels of information, we'll wrestle with the data a little bit. Ryan's record as it stands right now, 36 wins, 32 losses, and a draw. He is on a one-match losing streak. This is the 70th match that we have seen so far. Surprisingly, this is the first match that we've watched to take place in our nation's capital of Washington mm. DC. God bless. God bless you, Joe Biden. Ryan's record in Hulk Hogan matches is six wins and five losses. And just a little, one little extra morsel here. WCW, of all the companies that we've seen, because I track which companies we watch and, and that sort of thing, WCW currently has the lowest average ranking of any company that we've watched at 41, which is right in the middle of OK. As a comparison point, ECW is the highest average at 20. Oh, interesting. So, generally yeah. speaking, of the of the companies that we feature on the program, Ryan tends to rank his childhood favorite of TNT wrestling a little on the lower side, but we'll see <laughs> we'll see what our match here today does does for him. Anything on your mind, anything we should uh, clarify on before we watch this thing? Oh, I'm ready to check it out. All right. No barbed wire, no contractual disputes, just a good old-fashioned one-on-one <laughs> wrestling match, a little change good of pace. contractual disputes. Yeah, exactly. No, no worries about breach of contract or anything like that. All right. So we're going to take a brief break. We'll come back with our thoughts on Starcade 97, Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus Sting. Thanks, everybody. Hogan shoves and a shot to the face. The bell, we are off and running. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so glad you could be with us for this moment. Hogan gets the first big shot in, and Sting gets knocked down to one knee. But he bounces back up, the Sting. Come on, hero! That word, hero, has to be a sticking point with Hollywood Hogan. Remember, for so many years, Hogan was a hero to many wrestling fans, many of these fans around the world. Sting needs to bring that belt home to WCW. Sting down. Big leg drop. One, two, three. Bret Hart has come out and taken. Bret Hart is there. Bret Hart's at ringside. I said it never happened again. It's not going to happen again. I'll tell you what. Nick Patrick made the three count, and Bret Hart certainly doesn't seem to agree. No, he doesn't. Well, Bret Hart is here tonight as a referee. Is that right? Is that correct? Is he a referee? Signed into the official. Yes, right here. You got it. He's signaling for a restart. Ring the bell. The bell is ringing. Again. Finger splash out to the top. Can he put it on him? Can he put it on him, guys? Here it comes. Sting is going to bring back the Scorpion Deathlock. Pointing at Bret Hart. There it is. Set down on him. Check it out, Hart. Bret Hart down. Hart's right in the The winner and new heavyweight champion of the world. something to say. Wow. Is that in English or Spanish? Sounded like Spanish to me. I, I don't know what it was, but you see everyone. Uh, <laughs> we're back. Oh, we just watched sorry. Hollywood Hogan versus Sting for the WCW World. You, you're, you, yeah? What's yeah, it's great. No, I'm up. You're up meaning you think you won the match? Won the match. Not think I won the match. I did Win the match. 
I didn't hear no bell to quote Rocky three. That's subjective. (laughs) So so you're uh, outside of you maybe winning, but probably not. Uh, What what did you you think of the match, Ryan? Were you sports entertained? I just happy I won. I think is the best way to describe it. Like uh-huh. uh, that was about that's about it. That's what I thought. So the main thing that you liked was that you won, and so yeah. presumably, yeah. if I was to tell you that you didn't win, then that would probably sour your opinion on the, on this match. Is there anything? It was, would. It would sour my opinion. I'd be very sour. <laughs> I would not accept that loss, and I would appeal it. Like, <laughs> With the hard mark board of directors, I'll yeah. uh, I'll give that some consideration. But let's let's go into the notes here, sir. So the intro video at the beginning of the show, kind of action movie. We got Sting in the rain. He's he's flipping his hair back just like you used to back in high school in your in your glory days. I I noted it was kind of like Highlander, which you know I I dug. Yeah, I mean I've seen more impressive intros. Sure, I mean it wasn't an ECW intro, but it was it, it kind of set the mood. It'll but it'll, it was a special we have Sting. What, or folks, part of the video. <laughs> you just want equal representation. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Like, I mean, I know how how you've always been so hard up for more Hulk representation on the show. So it's it's uh, you know not surprising that you're coming at me with this with this take. But uh, when we skip ahead to the match, we've got Michael Buffer in the ring. I asked you this question, but my audio apparently was cutting out. Do you have a preference between Michael and Bruce Buffer? No, I uh, Bruce Buffer is he's um, the UFC announcer guy. Let me. I don't want to side take too long. Uh, uh, is he still doing it? Yes. So <laughs> that might have been. There was a big. I went into the grocery store the other day, and there's like a line by the liquor store, and uh, they, <laughs> I was like, "What's going on? Like this is weird." And right. they had like ring girls out there, and they're like, "It's the UFC." Like guy who calls the mat or whatever i don't know like that uh-huh but i bruce buffer is that who i i mean he's the ring announcer he's not the like the play-by-play but he's the guy no he's it was the ring announcer it wasn't play by okay guy. they were like so you buy a bottle of whiskey and they'll sign it and people were lining the fuck up for this like right and i was like what's going on and then he got there and he's walking in with like his entourage like and i'm <laughs> like i just like walked by like i don't know who the fuck this is like i don't know <laughs> but that he was at the uh, the local uh, Smiths out here. Oh well, that's I mean, so. So Michael Buffer. Not that this is new information to anybody, but he he is of course famous uh, for his stint in the nineties. A lot of boxing events, yeah. WCW yeah. wrestling, celebrity death match of the Let's Get Ready to Rumble. That guy, and then Bruce, his little I believe is his younger brother. Uh, mm-hmm. He he's the UFC guy. His his main catchphrase is it's. Time. That's fucking stupid. Okay. Michael Buffer, like, is the right. He's I mean, the, is that the right? That's he's the, the, he's right the alpha buffer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, disagree. So I, I, yeah, I'm surprised the guy we're talking about. I should have got his autograph. Yeah. Well, should have said line. I'm sure he'll be back. He'll be yeah. back. He'll be back with the buffer crew <laughs> at Smiths. Oh yeah, yeah. At Safeway, definitely. He'll, he'll okay. He's more of a yeah. He's more of a uh, Kroger to, Kroger yeah, type of yeah, guy. Yeah. But I forced you to watch a Daily Motion version of the Hulk Hogan intro yeah. with the Jimi Hendrix music, not the generic NWO uh, theme song. Any thoughts on the Hulk Hogan? It was good. It was good. It was good. It. it I am a, a thousand times more hyped up to watch a match yeah. when I see Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix playing Hogan to the ring as opposed to kind of the amalgam of different Hendrix songs that the normal NWO's theme well, is. I, Sting's intro was pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not the video, but the actual intro, like the, the laser light show. Like that was, uh, <laughs> yes. that was pretty cool. I like that. The lightning strikes, yes, happen. There's a little laser light show with laser sting. I even so here's what I did. So when before Sting actually emerges, a little kid's voice is like yes. reciting stuff. I wrote yeah. down exactly what the little kid says. And if you don't mind, Ryan, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take a little aside here and I'm gonna read verbatim what this little kid says at the start of the Sting yeah. theme. And and I noticed when we were watching it back just then, a little bit of an echo, so I'm going to give myself a little bit of an echo just to replicate the experience. When a man's heart 
Is it, okay, it is echoing, right? A little bit? Yeah, it's a little echo, yeah. Maybe a little bit more. When a man's heart is full of deceit, it burns up, dies, and a dark shadow falls over his soul. From the ashes of a once great man has risen a curse, a wrong that must be righted. We look to the skies for a vindicator, someone to strike fear into the black hearts of the same men who created him. The battle between good and evil has begun. Against an army of shadows lies a dark warrior, the prevailer of good, with a voice of silence and a mission of justice. This is Sting. Like an old MySpace post from like a like an old like millennial <laughs> keyboard like warrior type of guy. Like yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for ruining that for me. But yes, it does. <laughs> it does sound like uh, someone's fucking live journal entry. Yeah. Uh, but Sting emerges, <laughs> baseball bat in hand. Pyro goes off. I know what we know from watching the match, based solely off the intros. Were what were you expecting? Were you expecting it to be good? Were you, like what? No, I mean, not really. <laughs> why? 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 Because it's a Hulk Hogan match, and you've only liked like one I don't ever. Know what it is, and maybe it's like the brand he puts it on. But yeah, I I did not care for this match, and I did not really go into it thinking like this is going to be like by the intro. I could tell like uh, like I'll have some issues with this match. Just as my like. What I like to see, I, I, no, yeah, no, I didn't expect a lot early. Okay. Well, I, at least yeah. it didn't disappoint you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it didn't. <laughs> so here's what I'll say for the match: when Sting and Hulk are facing off at the start, the fans are fucking into it. People like this. This match had a ton of buzz about it. People were super invested in watching this but match between yes absolutely if you watch maybe, that maybe the fans on tv but the fans in there were they really like that crazy were they that nuts i've seen much better fans. go to missouri like washington dc has weak ass fucking fans like i you're you're, you're talking shit now but they, they the fans were super <laughs> into it at the start the fans were super into it at the at the start of this match the and, bell the bell rings Hogan shoves Sting, Sting slaps Hulk in response, and people are still fucking into it. Where the match falters pretty quickly, and this was probably the theme of this match, Hulk just was constantly playing to the crowd for like 30 to 40% of the match, to the point where it became very distracting. For they, even, they even commentated on it, you know? Yes. Like... I mean, I don't, I don't know what you want to go. I, I thought the fans were weak as fuck. Like even <laughs> like the beginning, like uh, he's made, but they were like sitting down like four minutes into it. Like, I mean, to be fair, they were sitting down because the majority of the the offense of the match were headlocks and Hulk Hogan yelling at them. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, there was not a whole lot to get into in this match, which honestly, but you did see a lot of NWO shirts like sitting yeah. in the front row. I'm surprised they, yes. those guys weren't up. Like you know, it just was a lame crowd. Like you're being you're being mean to our nation's capital here, sir. Yeah, we got a Hogan sucks chant. I did write that down. Sting punches Hulk. Hulk complains to the referee about it. We've got a test of strength, a Greco-Roman knuckle lock. Been a while since we've seen one of those. Hulk with a cheap shot starts pounding away at Sting. Big clothesline in the corner. A, a favorite move of, of bad guy Hulk Hogan, the back rake. Everybody likes it when you when you take your fingernails and you dig it into your opponent's back and then scratch them down. That's always a classic bad guy maneuver. Maybe you could use that to defeat a black bear sometime in the in the future. <laughs> but again a lot of crowd work we've got uh, some slams etc you know hogan's on offense for the majority of the beginning sting does hit him with a couple of drop kicks here and there maybe one of the highlights of the match was when there's a fat ginger guy he yells fuck you to hulk when he's walking around outside (laughs) but like the match just never really felt like it ever got started properly like it was always in kind of like the feeling out stage at the start and didn't progress past that to the point where you ever got like and i almost i don't know of any time where i've like pressured you you need to make a pick no i was that was that was the (laughs) i haven't heard that in probably 
20 matches. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So that was that I was like, shit, this is weird. And then I was then I was confused about my pick. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, so that was that was yeah, that was a weird as far as watching the match. I yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Usually you've had a pre- you've had a pretty good feeling, especially lately of like the ebb and flow of the match and like when the match usually are ca- yeah. is kind of building to a crescendo and you need to make your choice. <laughs> this time there, there was <laughs> virtually no build at all. It was just yeah. very stop start herky jerky. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a move. I'm going to play to the crowd. I'm going to walk around outside for a while. I'll get back in. We'll do a move. I'll play to the crowd, whatever. Never got started. Eventually, I was basically like, okay, Ryan, you, you really need to make your pick, even though it seems very sudden and, and awkward at this moment. But yes, Ryan picked Hulk. Which is fortunate for me. Yeah, you, in a matter of speaking, you could say that. But <laughs> uh, right around here, right around the pick, maybe just before it, Hulk does a suplex to Sting. Sting pops up immediately as Hulk's kind of gloating about it, and then he crotch chops, which, like, that is not the most glaringly, like, bad thing about this match, like, by far. But you're talking about a fucking silent badass who's just supposed to, like, beat the shit out of people and, like, not show any emotion while doing it. I feel like crotch chopping undermines that character just a little bit and it was and it, it we'll get to this point in a, in a little bit too it wasn't the most undermining thing that sting did of this match to undercut the whole character arc for himself but uh, that was probably the first thing where you kind of cock your eyebrow and it's like i don't know that that fits what this character is that he would be going around crotch chopping people but that's just uh, a pet peeve well and it wasn't even like he was highly disrespected in the match or anything that he had to do that you know like, right like it wasn't like he was so like slapped around and like he had to like make it just a bold move like the match had nothing so yes. like yeah I, mean, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he got suplexed. Hulk was posing with his back to Sting, and so Sting gets up, crotch right, chop, and right. then there's go- times for a cross chop, but maybe not. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. You know. In extenuating circumstances, I could see a, a crotch chop, but they go, they brawl outside of the ring. Hulk briefly uses the Sting Sting's own baseball bat on Sting, throws Sting into the post. This is where I was like, Ryan, you need to make a pick. Unfortunately, uh, as Hulk is bad-mouthing Sting while holding an NWO shirt. Hulk goes gingerly, (laughs) the most ginger throw into the barricade of all time. Sting goes after him, misses the Stinger splash, and then Sting gets crotched on the guardrail, punched off. Uh, Hulk brings him back into the ring. Big boot by Hulk, leg drop, three count, one, two, three. And Hulk seemingly, at that moment... Or or not seemingly. or (laughs) So... Let's take a step back about what some of the behind the scenes elements of this match were around this time. So apparently Sting was having some drug problems around this time. (laughs) As we all do. As we all uh, want to do every now and again. And like people have made a point not to get into like a lot of details, but like, they talk about Sting's demons, which that's always the wrestling term for like, oh, yeah, he's kind of fucked up on trucks. And so apparently when Eric Bischoff, who like you said, when we watched the clip earlier, he's the guy in the leather jacket that showed up. You're like, I like that guy. That's the <laughs> second fucking time Eric Bischoff has shown up. And both times you're like, I like that guy. I still have no fucking idea why. But anyway, reoccurring theme. But he's in the in real life. He was the boss of WCW. He and Hulk basically got together and be like, uh, I don't know if we can trust Sting. Like, this seems a little cattywampus. Because, like, the whole fucking plan for the past year and change has been Sting's going to be the one who beats Hulk Hogan. Everything's been building to that. It's been a fucking year. We've been promoting this guy and promoting this guy and promoting this guy. Now's the time to just, you know, fucking do it. To deliver on what people have been expecting this whole time. Apparently... And one of the things that Bischoff has since and years later cited as one of the reasons that they could tell, oh, Sting's, Sting's not in a good sh- good way right now. Uh, he was not tan enough. Well, it definitely was as tan as Hulk. <laughs> That's true. Did not have the leathery hot dog skin yeah, possessed yeah. by by one Terry Hulk Hogan Balea. So all these 
things kind of conspired. And I think also the fact that they had just recently got Bret Hart and they, again, you have the hottest free agent in wrestling, maybe of all time, coming off of one of the most notable incidents of all time, the Montreal Screwjob, and you decide to put him in as a referee on your biggest show of the year. Completely just baffling creative decision. But I think that the the idea was, okay, the referee is going to fuck Sting. So the referee is going to fast count Sting, one, two, three. And then Brett's going to come out and say, I'm not going to stand idly by and let a referee fuck somebody like the way I got fucked. Yeah. Okay. And and I know where you're what you're thinking right now. <laughs> and it's true. The referee didn't fucking fast count. It was a yes. normal cadence of the goddamn count. Completely fucking normal cadence. Yes. And if you rewatch the match, I'm not going to force you to do that. If you rewatch the match, you can see Hulk at the very start after he rips his shirt off, he's talking to the referee, but he's not talking to the referee like in a big pro wrestling way where like everybody in the crowd is like, oh, I wonder what's going on there. He was more just like kind of conversational with the ref. There's a lot of rumors that Hulk was basically like, hey, that fast count, don't fucking fast count. <laughs> and so then when the planned finish is happening of Brett coming out like, I'm not going to stand idly by and let this happen again. The fans were just fucking confused because, like, there wasn't a goddamn fast count. There was no reason for Brett to be out there, but he was already ringside. Go ahead. So, but this is this is my my question about that. Like, yes, they, they and the commentators were saying like, oh, like he has referee credentials because he had something. refereed a match earlier in the night. Exactly. So, okay, so so, so if you referee a match. <laughs> At some point in a given event, you're now credit. You're like you're you're an official referee. You can just pop in there and fucking apparently, yes. That's the technical definition of a ref. Okay, I hey, hey, you know, I respect that. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I don't respect that, but I also, you know, like sure. respect that, but I don't. And it doesn't count. Like. When somebody inevitably goes through the history of this podcast and creates all the things that Ryan's respects and Ryan's doesn't respect, I'm going to laugh when I see that in both columns are the finish of Starcade 1997. But uh, yeah, so Sting, so Sting was supposed to be fast counted. He didn't really, but Bret Hart was acting as if he was. And so if you see, like, there's the guy, the ring, the bell guy, bell keeper, bell ringer uh he's going to ring it and like brett grabs his wrist he's like i'm not gonna and like the microphone that brett had didn't work for the first like little bit so people were even more confused about like what the fuck is he saying right now basically you're not like i'm not gonna stand as this happens again referee's like what are you doing and brett's like fuck you and punches him the cell by nick patrick aka kenny powers the referee hilarious if you rewatch it back when he gets punched, he literally goes, oh, <laughs> both arms flail up, kicks right. his legs out. It's the funniest sell of a well, punch I've ever well, seen. Eric, that wouldn't be the first time that happened in this match. I saw that happen with Hulk Hogan very early when he flew off the mat. <laughs> that was a drop kick, sir. He fucking and then not only did he, he flay off the mat, but then he like flailed off the ring completely. He did two flails in, in, in one one punch. I mean, come on, like <laughs> two flails. It was one punch. That's what I knew that the match is going to be fucking ugly. <laughs> as far as where it's going to be ranked, I can't fault you for any of that. But yeah, as this Bret Hart stuff is happening, like a, it's weird that he was already ringside, like at the finish of the match. Like, why would he have been there to like at that point anyway? The crowd, if you rewatch it, it's not silence. But people are murmuring. It's like, what the fuck is happening right now? And so Bret Hart, if you listen to him on the microphone, it's not going to happen again. He punches out Nick Patrick. Bret grabs Hulk Hogan, who's attempting to leave, throws him back in. Sting, he he stingers up, hits a big, big couple of stinger splashes. A couple of NWO guys briefly go in and then just punches him in the face, and then they're dead for the rest of the time. Uh, another second stinger splash. Sting with the Scorpion Deathlock. Rolls Hulk over Sting, or excuse me, Hulk gives up. Sting wins after all of that. Brett presents Ah. Sting with the belt, and WCW celebrates Sting's victory. 
I think a better definition for a ref, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna call a match, uh-huh. you should have to like. And if I was producing this match, yes, you should have had to rip the shirt off the original ref, <laughs> and put a new ref shirt on, and that's how you define a ref. If you're not wearing like the that, stripes, right? You're not wearing the stripes. You you don't get to call shit. Like you don't get to call shit. And that I'm gonna stand by that in my in my appeal to this this fucking match. Like so. <laughs> in my appeal. Just go to the highest level of appeals. That I well, can take it. Grant will very much enjoy hearing your, uh, your bring it to Grant. If Grant, if Grant calls my loss, I will accept that. <laughs> All right, deal. I will. I will shoot a message to Grant. We'll see what Grant says about uh, about this. So w, the entire, seemingly the entire WCW locker room empties. You've got like fucking 30 guys in the ring. They're all hoisting Sting up on their shoulders. Big celebration, despite how fucking confusing the whole thing was. And the thing, and I, I forced you to stick around and watch this and, and, and wait for it. I mentioned the crotch chop earlier, how it kind of didn't really fit with the Sting character. Here's the fucking shit that always bothers me the absolute fucking most. Again... 15 months of silence. The fucking guy hasn't said a goddamn word. He communicates by pointing his bat at people and <laughs> by hitting them. That's yeah. what he fucking does. He's supposed to be like this anti-hero, cool, ba- like fucking badass dude. He's on camera. He's holding the belt. His first words on camera. He looks right at the fucking camera. You can't tell what the fuck he says at the very start. He's like, "Should you, Mama Sita?" It's like, why the fuck are you saying that right now, Sting? So this is the same match that the guys that watching it covered for their parody of our show. There was a point, and Donnell and I have already talked about this when I guested on uh, Talking It, an episode of Talking It, uh, afterwards. Sting is not Hispanic. He's a white dude from Nebraska. His fucking name's Steve Borden. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Steve Borden. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that drugged out fucking Sting was just like watching The Mask the previous night, and it was like, oh, you know what I should say after I win the fucking belt? Fuck Mama Sita! And like. It was so blatant that the commentators even had to fucking acknowledge yes, it. Yes, yes. Tony <laughs> Schiavone is like laughing. He's like, and for the first time, Sting had something to say. And Mike today, was that in English or Spanish? <laughs> yeah. And that's how the fucking show goes off the air. Is fucking Sting yeah. saying Mama Cena for no fucking reason. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> See, now that I, because I, you, you were like, you, you have to wash this. And I was like, all right. Like, I kind of caught it. I heard the like, oh, is it is that Spanish or English? But like now that you put it together, like it does sound kind of <laughs> like you saw the fucking cool guy intro where he's stepping right, on the picture right, of Hulk. Right. He's grabs the bat. Right. He's fucking side. God, d- for fucking a year and a half, WCW did everything fucking right. The hard part of this match was not having Sting wrestle and just having Sting do cool shit. <laughs> that no other company has ever fucking done anything like that ever, and it was fucking rad. The easy part <laughs> of this goddamn whole storyline was just you go in there, Sting beats the fuck out of Hulk Hogan, he hits him with the bat, he repels from the fucking roof of the arena, and then the fucking crowd goes home happy. That's all you have to do. That's the only thing that you have to fucking do for this goddamn match. And what do you do? You give people fucking headlocks? <laughs> Sting fucking crotch chops and says quotes from the goddamn mask. There was the most confusing ending of all time that didn't make sense to anybody in that fucking arena. Like, nobody knew why the match was getting restarted. Bret Hart couldn't be heard on the microphone. And then they fucked the whole thing up. I think it's the most upset I've seen you in 70 episodes. Uh, they I fucked the whole like fucking thing up, Ryan. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad you got off your chest. It was on well, a silver platter. It should have been so easy. <laughs> it should have been so easy. Uh, fucking WCW. God damn it. You know, I thought when you said that this is like a minor thing, I didn't realize how, like, I feel bad for being upset about how upset I am for like how upset you are now. Like, I feel like my upsetness takes like a back, like, a you know, 
it's backstage stuff like compared to how so you've been over you've been steaming over this for a while like it seems like and honestly i didn't expect myself to get so worked up over it but it's just like having (laughs) to fucking watch it and it's like god damn it how do you fuck this up everybody wanted to see this fucking match everybody it was like the most anticipated match of 1997 and you fucked it like and i'm not i'm not saying (laughs) that this was like the downfall of WCW. It's not like this is what caused them to eventually go out of business. However long, three and a half. Although you do bring it up right after your rant. (laughs) Yes. But it's shit like this. When you don't fucking deliver on what everyone's expecting, that's why you lose the audience. When people are tuning in, expecting sting to be the big conquering hero and you give them fucking that. That's what turns people away. And so while I'm not saying that this was like the beginning of the end, this was definitely one of the chinks on the armor that it's like, okay, well, they're not delivering on what they're promising like fucking ever. And so anyone who was like on the fence about like, do I watch WWF? Do I watch WCW? I don't know. Like if you see this and like this was the whole reason you're buying this show for like however much it was, $30, $40, whatever – you can't help but fucking leave this with a goddamn sour taste in your mouth and just like, well, that fucking sucked. How could you not have that opinion unless you were a little kid who just only wanted to see Sting hold the belt and say Mama Sita? If that's what you fucking tuned in for, great. You fucking got it. If you were tuning in for anything that made any fucking sense, fucking good luck. Go somewhere else. That's why I'm a great wrestling fan. <laughs> the best of all time. The best of all time. Okay, I'm done ranting. That's it. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you humoring me for that let's do the science where does this fucking thing go ryan yeah this is gonna be ugly um we have not had a match in bad or lower in quite a while i don't know that this is where this is going to go but it's been a bit i i didn't enjoy the match uh (laughs) i like to be entertained when i watch wrestling eric i i hop on here yeah, you know, I'm after work. I'm tired, man, and I want a great wrestling match. You know, to right. like re-energize me. And this, this wasn't it. It sapped your strength even more somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this deserves to go. I mean, it's the the color is setting me off right here. It deserves to go in the gray, like the darkness. You know, <laughs> the darkness area, I don't know if that's. <laughs> so are you? Are you? Are you leaning between awful and fucking trash right now? Is that what's happening? I don't think it would go fucking trash. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, that's that's reserved for like matches that are. Although, I mean, I I I don't see with how I felt about the match, and then with your rant, which was completely fair, I, how it could go like that high, you know? Like, I I don't either. It was a bad match that was poorly executed and very confusing. Put this in a nice spot. <laughs> Put this in a spot here. So you're Let's saying this see. is better than Gene Dubois versus Terrible Ted the Wrestling Bear? Is that what I'm getting? God, there's... <laughs> where where are you thinking? Like, around? Maybe I can... he, is, he is deep in this like bad territory. Hulk? Maybe I should drop... Yeah, he's oh, even in the awful territory. <laughs> yeah, no, you're going you're gonna to be splitting some Hulks somewhere. God. Yeah, some uh, Hulks shall maybe be I should split. put in the new 61 right in between himself. <laughs> Right in between. Are you thinking, uh, oh man, okay, let's see. Okay. I don't often do this. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood Hogan versus Sting is not better than Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. Objectively. It's just fucking not. (sighs) Are you you giving me a retake at this or? I'm just providing you with my expert insight here. I think, Eric, I think that's a, no, you, you may be right. But it has to be sixty-two or lower. Is my opinion. Sixty-two or lower. It has no, to be fuck 62. it. Fuck it, Eric. Let's put him. Let's put him right below himself. Let's make him the yeah. I, uh, and if there's if there's a match you're thinking about, like right around it, let me know because each of these very distinctive. I can I can tell you anything you want to know about any of these matches. No, I mean I just like I I wanted to put him. I I felt like putting him in between awful and bad Hulk Hogan matches was a pretty good spot, but I respect your opinion. 62 is and also a Hulk Hogan match, by the way, Hulk Hogan comprised <laughs> half of the mega powers. 
Oh shit. <laughs> that was the match. Right, put, put in put in the new 62, yeah. Okay. And just so you're aware, yeah. just because I want to make sure you're clear on this, the yeah. Mega Powers versus the Alliance to end Hulkamania was the triple tier cage where it just fucking went on and on and on forever what? and was so boring. It was Macho Man and Hulk versus like fucking literally eight men. Do you think if other people like I guess like would there be this many low Hulk Hogan <laughs> matches? Like there I'm just I was I haven't like scoured this spreadsheet for a while but they're all down here like there's one Hulk- it's not intentional. I would love a great I would love a great Hulk Hogan match. Okay, I'm not like purposely putting I don't it's just they all end up here like we currently have a Hulk Hogan match ranked number 19 between Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. So they're not technically all there, but I understand what you're saying. Well, okay, but vast majority. I would Hulk Hogan, if you didn't grow up with him, if it, was, if it wasn't something that you were just indoctrinated in into as a child, mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan is not regarded as like, oh my God, such a fucking good wrestler. He was a great character. He was a great, yeah. he was great at getting like people to react to what he was doing but i i don't think from like an athletic standpoint or anything like that that hulk hogan's regarded as like one of the greatest so, in ring so i'm actually being pretty fucking fair here and being like an objective like honest third-party opinion about wrestling yeah i mean i'm not gonna say that everything on this list is exactly where i i think it should be but i don't think that what you've done with most of these hulk matches is is unfair good i feel better yeah let's put 62 fuck it awful <laughs> Fuck it. Awful. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. That's our first awful in quite a while. Um, Man, what was the most recent awful Jiminy Christmas? It's been a while. I think the most recent awful before that. So this was our 70th match, which we mentioned uh, earlier. Oh, is this the most recent match in the awful section is our 48th match. So again, it's been like over 30 matches. Okay. Since uh, we ranked something quite this low, oh, you got it. You got it. Okay, that's let's see. I don't know why you hide that data because I don't want you to be confused about the ranking number versus the number of chronological order. I will. It says ranking right there, Eric. I'm like Jesus. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've never been confused about anything on this list. That's a good point. Right? <laughs> I never had. <laughs> I see you hit it back. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want you being confused again. You, yeah. You've drink, you've drank a Bud Light lime. You've drank a, I don't know how much tequila at this a, point. I, does that look like I'm drinking Bud Light lime, Eric? Oh man, you're really nursing that thing. I remember my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no clever <laughs> Whatever, retort or quip. <laughs> not offended. I, you know. Well, fine. We'll we'll uh, we'll end this. This might be the first time that that we've been so cordial with one another with a ranking that low. Oh, oh. I don't know, but we I think we both agree that match kind of fucking sucked. But uh, okay. let's bring the energy back up. Let's talk about let's talk about something little 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 let's segment. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let me give some advice to the people, and that's not just any advice. That is Eric's wisdom tree. I found what the most frustrating thing is of all time for me anyway, maybe not mm-hmm. for everybody else, but, but maybe somebody can, can sympathize. The most frustrating thing that I've ever experienced in my life is watching someone play super Mario who refuses to run like super Mario smash or like just regular super Mario, like regular. We're talking like, 2D platformer Mario. So like Mario 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Even Super Mario World would, would count. But you have to run? No. There was a run button. So there's a jump button, and there's also a run button. So so which which Mario would you say you're most, of the ones that we mentioned, that, that you, you sunk the most time into in your youth? I mean, we, like, I, Super Nintendo, like Mario, I played, like, okay, but so I like, never had a Super Nintendo, so that was, you know, but yeah. You, but Super Mario World, you played a little bit of. Yeah, yeah, With yeah. Yoshi and stuff like that? Exactly, yeah. Okay. So, in Super Mario World, there's the jump button, of course, because that's what mm-hmm. Mario mainly does. There's also, like, 
for lack of a better term, an action button. The action button, if you're wearing the little cape, it'll spin. If you're if you have the fire flower to shoot the fire flowers, also yeah. if you hold down this action button, you will run. And so if you have the cape on, Mario will eventually do the thing where he kind of puts his arms out and you can fly doing that. But if you don't hold that button down, Mario just walks at a leisurely fucking brisk pace like he's doing a walk around Green Lake in the morning. That's what I would do. I don't think my wife is home right now. Hopefully I'm not yelling too loud. (laughs) Several months ago, we were playing Mario. She refused to, to run ever. She was just walking (laughs) <laughs> like like she was at the mall as an elderly person going past Forever 21 and just hopping on all these. And like there were certain jumps where it's like you can't make this jump unless you're running. And like she wouldn't hear me when I was saying, hey, you need to run <laughs> and do that. So I'm just watching. I'm literally biting my fingers trying to like not say anything. But I'm getting so frustrated just watching her not run in this game. So I don't play video games you and Tony Tate. <laughs> Now, with all that said, about my wife and I playing Mario, she's still much better at video games than you are. <laughs> yeah, I bet she is. Like, you I are the that. single... Like, Me and her can play two-player casually walking all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> right. You guys could just do... So, you could play Mario Paint or something like that, something yeah. very casual and light. But yeah, you you are probably the single worst video game player I've ever seen. Of, of someone yeah. like our approximate age. Yeah, I'm not, not great. Especially like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have an, a super. I'd go to my friend's house and like play, and I kind of hopped off for a little bit and then got off. I never had like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not great, but you know, like, didn't you get a system uh, when you broke your leg or when you got hit by that car? In '64, I was playing 1080. <laughs> time. Was that your top game for N64 with 1080? So it was either it was either Double Seven, it was GoldenEye, or it was uh, it was uh, it was a Mario game. Uh, Mario 64. Mario 64, where you had, like, yeah, you had everything, but, yeah, I mean, you raced, you, you know. Yeah. The, like, you know, the rainbow, like, the rainbow track, and. You're talking uh, about Mario Kart? So, yeah, okay, so you have Mario Kart, but, like, the other one was where you had, like, the more open world. Yeah, that was uh, Mario 64, yeah. Yeah, Mario 64, which was, that game brings back a lot of just, like, was I good at it? Yeah, one time, one time I was at my neighbor's house. I got very frustrated. I don't think it was Mario, but possibly, I guess. And I was playing um, maybe James Bond. So I got frustrated. I like kind of yanked the controller. And uh, I was like, to my friend who was, I was like, let's just go. Let's just go home. Like, fuck this. And we live right next door. And then <laughs> my mom got a call and they're like, the N64 is broken. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm like, and I was, I was like, I didn't really do it. I was, yes, I did yank the uh the cord but then they found out like and so my parents took me to toys r us as like a punishment and bought them a new n64 controller and then they found out like later that the it was never broken it was just pulled out a little bit oh it was just pulled out from the actual like socket my parents were fucking pissed that like because these controllers i don't think were cheap at the time to go like buy like right they were probably and and they thought i they thought i broke it and i was in trouble for like being an asshole like and i was like i didn't really you know like this is a minor like game like upset like you pull your controller moment like i didn't like fleeing against the wall or anything i was just and so yeah that was uh that i i think that was 007 i don't think that was uh mario world but anyway yeah. uh golden eyes coming out for the switch next year for, with online play fyi oh really yeah I think I'm just going to buy an N64. Like, my roommates all want to play it. Um, and to just buy an N64, get 007, and get, like, four controllers. Oh, man, that sounds like heaven. It does. It so really is does. That was a great game. Like, <laughs> I might, you know what? I might yank it out a little bit, you know? Just, just a little bit of a yank. Just, just, just enough. a little yank. I won't tell my parents this time. <laughs> yeah, you'd need to get GoldenEye. you need to get Mario Kart. Those, yes, are, those are yes. the required. Well, I pl- I did play on the Switch Mario Kart, and I thought the game fucking sucked. Like I was like, this is like you play it on the TV, cast it to your TV or whatever. I was, I thought the game was super lame. Like it didn't have the same feel that how holding that N64 controller, like you know, did back in the day. I don't um, disagree. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. it, there's not. It doesn't hold that same. It's still a fun game, but it's yeah, right. it's not quite 
the same for me as the N64 version. I agree. Yeah, you don't have to buy anything to like upgrade. You just play the game. You know, it's it's <laughs> best person wins. You know, like, <laughs> that's right. A, a yeah. game of skill, a true game, game of, of skill. skill. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back post Halloween. I hope you have a spooktacular time this Halloween. And uh, we'll be back with Rumpus time on November 3rd as we continue our big holiday season push for what? I don't know yet. We'll find out. Finish out our 2022 in style with the Hard Mark Boys. Well, if you are not hard, everybody get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That's all, folks. I want to suck your blood. (laughs) 